0: Welcome to the Yoga Connection with Zorananda. The Yoga Connection is a deep dive into everything yoga. Follow along with Zorananda and his guests as they discuss yoga history, spirituality, different practices, and the many misconceptions that have followed along throughout the years of yogic tradition. Welcome back to The Yoga Connection, I'm Zorananda. I've been away for almost a year, um, mainly because I needed a new laptop, um, and I was just focusing on just the way that my life was going, um, with the start of a new career, a new job, and just focusing on my day-to-day life of uh, being a human being, being myself, uh, focusing on my family, focusing on my close friends, Um, and so I was able to get a new laptop and I'm excited to dive back into this podcast and my intention now is to go into solo podcasts and go into the world of yoga, um, just from my own understanding and my own perspective of what I've learned over the last twelve years of being a yogi, being a yoga teacher, and all the information that I've absorbed and studied, um, you know my my passion in the yoga world are the energetic systems um, and. What I've done over the course of you know the 35 episodes that I have um, in the solo episodes, I've gone through the chakras, and I started going through the koshas, so the energetic or the layers of the body, and today's episode, I'm going into the fourth layer, or the fourth kosha, which is uh, Vijnanamaya Kosha. But because it's been quite a bit of time since I recorded the first three koshas, I want to just do a recap and talk about the first three koshas um, just to get kind of caught up um, before getting into vijnanamaya Kosha because if you haven't listened to those three podcasts... Episodes, um, which you can find, I do believe Spotify um, and a bunch of other places. Um, I don't want to assume right now. I'm not looking at uh, um, transistor where I upload to, um, so. Um, but it's uploaded on, uh, I do believe iTunes and Spotify and a bunch of other places. But um, yeah, it might be too much to really just jump into because um, Vigyanamaya Kosha is it's a complicated one because we're moving into the energetic realm of our consciousness and our being right so um, with that said um, you can find me on social media Yogi Zorananda um, I have a website as well, Zorananda.com, where you can find my music and my book, um, Future Life Progression, Meeting Your Future Self. Just want to get that out of the way. I'll drop it again near the end of the episode. Um, the cool thing about getting into yoga, for me personally, was discovering... All these different energetic systems, um, and there are three particular that I really was fascinated by. Um, so the chakras, which is a world-renowned concept now, like there's thousands and thousands of books by, you know, thousands of authors. Um, but what I found is that there's not too much in depth about the koshas and the vayus um so i kind of made it my mission to really investigate what these other two systems are um and when i'm done with the koshas i'm going to go into the pranavayus as well um and so looking at the koshas it's important to kind of take these things with a grain of salt because um when you're brought up in the Western world and you're brought up with the concepts of um, Western thinking, looking at Eastern philosophies and looking at Eastern ways of thinking, um, it can get kind of convoluted because um, it seems kind of counterintuitive to think that um, there are these layers and different ways of operating um, that can get kind of confusing, right? Because when we look at the Western kind of models of thinking of science and religion, um, it's kind of black and white and where um, it's kind of like all or nothing, right? But um, in the yoga world, there's all these different systems that can kind of explain the same thing but differently Um, and there's this kind of um, melding together of of science and and religion where you can kind of have these terms that um, describe phenomenal experiences or describe phenomenal phenomenal ways of being, but then it can be broken down kind of in a scientific way. Um, and uh, I don't want to go too much on a rant here. I have a, a layout of what I want to go through, but um, let's go through the first through three koshas um, and again, I highly recommend just going back and taking a listen to each one because I go in-depth. There's like, you know, a full podcast about each one. Um, so I want to um, just take some time here and go through the first three koshas briefly and then um, dive, dive into the main kosha of today, which is vijnana Maya Kosha. Um, So, the first kosha, and kosha just means layer, is anamaya kosha. And anamaya, um, ana just means food, or um, like physical body, right? But it more closely translates to food. So the anamaya kosha is the food layer. And the interesting thing is the word maya, Um, Maya just means illusory or illusion Um, so even though there's an acknowledgement that um, there's a reality to um, these topics that there's still the recognition that this is illusory right and it's like that it's kind of made up Um, so The Anamaya Kosha maintains the physical body and it's, um, you know, as I said, it's translated as a food layer. Um, So I have this stuff written out, so I'm going to try to kind of read through it, but also talk organically. But um, so what we consume regarding food makes up how our physical body will look and operate. And that makes sense, right? Um, You know, the saying, you are what you eat. Um, But... There is a symbiotic relationship between the reality that we are in and how our body looks like and the way the body transmutes food into the very tissue in the body is uh, governed by the sheet so you think of it that we have a food that looks a particular way let's say you have an apple you have a mango you have a salad you have a steak um, whatever you have a burger you have fries so we have this thing that looks a particular way we eat it and then it's completely transformed it's broken down into the nutrients that the body needs to operate and then we look the way that we do and so in this like yogic system um the anamaya kosha is basically responsible for that transmutation and that um uh there's a how do i want to say it there's um kind of like a governance right and um a kind of blueprint that enables that transmutation um And as we know, over time, there are consequences to what we put in the body that will affect how the body um, will function, right? And so we can kind of track this over a large period of time and and witness the aging process where, um, you know, you can go on social media and the internet and you can find 70-year-old women, 70-year-old men who look like they're 30 or 40, right? And then you can find... 40 to 50 year olds that look like they're 70 or 80 and um, it seems kind of confusing but it's like why and um, it's in part by this transformation like transmuting process Um, at least this is how it's viewed in this system right and so we kind of have to separate what we know through, let's say like the Western medical system and um, the Western way of thinking. And we have to like kind of stay in this container um, of this yogic knowledge. Right. And so you have these people who will have a stronger connection with their body and a more, refined transmuting process and so the there's there aren't these filters that that the transmutation has to go through right it's i like to think of it as like the foods that are being eaten and being processed um there aren't these hindrances that are going to prevent the body from getting all the nutrients that it gets. Um, So say if like you're a smoker, you drink a lot, you eat a lot of seed oils, you eat a lot of fast food, you don't exercise, um, you don't get enough vitamin D or sunlight, you're not outside, um, you're largely lethargic. there are suddenly these new um, factors that are going to cause hindrances to that transmutation process, and so the body isn't going to be able to maintain its youth. And you know, over a shorter period of time, you're going to appear to be older than you are than you know the people who don't have those hindrances, where this anamaya kosha, this food layer is has a strong constitution of transmuting foods into its into this body so that leads us into the pranamaya kosha which is the energetic layer and prana translates to life force so this is the life force layer and so pranamaya kosha maintains the shape of the physical body and uh, the physical body though maintained by food is kept in a particular shape by the forces of prana and this layer surrounds the body as well as penetrates through the body interacting with the skin muscles organs bones nervous system etc and so You can think of this as, um, for example, like a a plastic water bottle and that um, the plastic is like the body, but what keeps the plastic in its shape is that there are chemical forces. There are bonds that um, maintain the shape that we don't see and similar to this body there are forces that are keeping the body in the shape that it's in um otherwise you know the body would just melt away right um and so the pranamaya kosha in this philosophy can kind of explain how you know if you were to cut yourself the body puts itself and organizes itself back together. Um, and though you may have like a little scar depending on, you know, the depth of the cut, um, it basically goes back to the shape and, um, and so there are things that can weaken or strengthen, um, this layer right um and you know the foods that we eat and uh what we consume not only affects the anamaya kosha in the physical body it also is going to affect the prana layer Um, so if we're smoking a ton or drinking a ton um uh of being shut-ins you know if you're not going out and breathing fresh air if you're just always in your apartment or in your room and you're breathing in a lot a lot of stale air um there are just factors that can um affect your pranic layer in this case and um kind of weaken it and the consequence of of weakening it is going to invite illness and disease Um, and again take this all with a grain of salt Um, I'm doing my best not to express this as my opinion or outright facts I'm going along the line of this is information from the yogic system itself and this is what um, a few different teachers have expressed to me, um, even namely my yoga teacher, um, Yogrishi Vishwaketu. And that um, the system is to inform you on a new way of thinking and a new way of viewing your existence. Um, and so instead of having a knee jerk reaction, that uh, this is all bullshit Um, this is a way to adopt a way of thinking in a way of viewing your body and viewing your energetic system in a new way so that um, you can start to explore how it is this body operates um, through this system and It is a way to get in touch with a subtlety of what the body is um, that we don't really get in our education system, um, in the mainstream view, and in the Western world. Um, For the most part, the view is that you're just a hunk of meat and um, there's no meaning to it and you're gonna die and that's it, right? It's like a very atheistic view where this system is, there's um, an integrated system where the density of the body um, expands. And um, we're not only just this physical thing that our awareness and our consciousness is not limited to the container of this body and that there are other containers and whether or not we want to be aware of it is just our choice if you don't want to be aware of it you don't have to be aware of it you can just be only aware of this physical container or you can exercise um what is called like a sadhana or a practice where start to expand your awareness into these other containers and so um, the pranamaya kosha is another container and um, just like I said earlier it not only is slightly around the body as like an aura quote-unquote it also penetrates into the body and so that this pranic life force is within all parts of the body and we can have access to where in that kind of pranic field are there weaknesses and we can utilize the yoga practice not only to gain skills of doing crazy postures and having great strength and flexibility that we can utilize the asana and the pranayama practice to become informed with where the weaknesses are and how to address them and how to strengthen the weak spots, so to speak. And now this goes into the third layer, so the mono monomyakosha. Um which translates to the mental emotional layer and so now we're going from the dense physical experience of ourselves to the subtle energetic physical of ourselves to the next expanded Mental emotional experience of ourselves that has to do with information and thought and um uh and intuition and feeling uh feeling in this case of of emotions um, rather than like tactile physical chemical um feelings from the body so The Manomaya Kosha connects the field of the mind to the body and relays information from the next two koshas and is expressed through thoughts and emotions. So the physical body translates this information into creativity and self-expression. Think of the information getting filtered and processed from pure energy into thoughts, into emotions, into bodily feelings, then into linguistic expression or action, i.e. creating art, music work just whatever inspiration there is to do right so this layer is now more expanded it's more kind of you know if you can think of it as away from the body and around um, like a sphere around you and kind of you know the visualization is that sphere around you um, there's information that enters into it and is filtered and the body and the pranamaya kosha are like an antenna to pull in the thoughts and the emotions that relate to how the body is. Um, and so there's this relay um, between... The information that's coming in and the reaction that kind of determines who you are as a person, right? So what your behaviors are, what your personality is, that um, why you act the way you are is partly due to what kind of information you're receiving, whether you're aware of it or not, right? It's happening at all times. Um, you know, I want to say it's like happening autonomically, um, where largely it's unconscious. Um, but what we are conscious of is what we're attached to and what we claim as our own when we see the thoughts within our mind, when we experience the emotions within our mind, that then we label those things. And we categorize those things and we inform ourselves and others through cycling that information and identifying with ourselves and with others um, what that is, right? So um, this is where it starts to get a little bit complicated and it gets a little abstract and convoluted, but... Um, the way that I, I make sense of this is we're moving from our kind of beta brainwave experience of, of our world immediately around us and we are transitioning into a meditative state. So we're going from, um, How we are just living life in the moment, making decisions, acting out what our thoughts are, what our desires are, to stepping away from that human experience, transitioning into a meditative experience, and entering into a new realm that we typically don't have access to directly in our waking life experience, in our kind of left brain um, view of um, cognitive thinking. And and so this is transitioning us into experiencing what Vignana Kosha is. Um, uh, but before I go there, um, the way that we want to make sense of of this transition is through understanding our attachment to our experience with this body and why we have beliefs and um, justifications for negating that we're more than this body and so we kind of have this safeguard set up in the blueprint of our body to prevent us from leaving it and to maintain only experiencing ourselves as this physical body and what this yogic system enables is to detach from thinking that our experience is solely this physical body and to enter into a state of consciousness and awareness where we view our different layers and that we can see that oh i'm not just this hunk of meat that this hunk of meat is maintained and held together by other forces and so how do i identify with these other forces and that Um, the sadhana practice now, um, sets you up for traversing into this realm. So getting into now the main topic. Figyanamaya Kosha is translated as the wisdom layer. So, um... Jnana, so the root of this is Jnana, which uh, means knowledge and wisdom. So Vijnanamaya is um, uh, like overt wisdom. And um, delving into this layer now involves intensive meditation. So this is now where your your daily operation isn't good enough. You won't really... You can have the um, the knowledge, like right now, like you you have the knowledge that vigyanamaya kosha, those two words exist, that vigyanamaya kosha is the wisdom layer, but that's not enough. Um, and so, to actually experience what vigyanamaya kosha is, is now entering into meditation, um, and where the first three layers. Can be experienced um, through uh, waking life observation, right? So um, that's the limitation of those three layers. Um, however, my Kosha now demands a kind of initiation to meld the first three layers into each other to expand into a new territory of experience. So this process the process involved can be a grueling task of navigating all the attachments inherent in each of the first three layers. So just, just think about, um, what attachments you may have, what attachments do you have to your body, negative or positive? What attachments do you have to how your energy levels are? How, uh, what kind of attachments do you have to your mind and your emotions to your thoughts? Right? So the meditative pot process initially is dealing with those attachments there's no way that you'll be able to break through and enter into a new realm of wisdom if those attachments aren't dealt with because those attachments are going to keep you cycling through the stories of how you identify with them Um, your personality and your behavior around those attachments. However, once we can realize that the physical layer is a means of a foundation, the work required to integrate awareness through the first three layers compounds and amplifies a trajectory into the wisdom layer. So this is the importance of sadhana. Um, We naturally tend to dwell in the physical air and allow for the natural world to determine how our body will change over time. However, when we realize that we can dwell in realms beyond the density of the physical body, a path into Vijnana opens to view a container that is expansive and not confined by the limitations of the body senses. So that's the important part. That the vijjana kosha is a new sense of your body and so just how we have a very clear sense of the physical body and its container and its limitation that that experience of having a body expands and so when you have the sadhana practice where you're doing your asana practice, you're doing your pranayama practice. You're getting to the point where you can sit in meditation comfortably that the attachment to the body is dealt with and goes away that you form this new kind of attachment to a greater expansive body that you just start to know that, Oh, my physical body isn't my only body I have more bodies and these bodies allow me to expand into a sense and awareness of experience that my physical body has no access to so because my physical body has no access to that um, I can leave it and I can sort of like leave it behind but it's in a suspended state of animation where then I can explore this new um, experience in this new state of a, of a body that isn't limited to physicality. So now instead of being ignorant to the flow of information from vigyanamaya Kosha, right? so when you're stuck in your physical body, that information is coming in, but you don't know why. Um, you don't have um, a foundation for it right it's just flowing through it's autonomic and then you get these like kind of sparks of 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 inspiration sparks of creativity but there's still this ignorance of it like oh where did that idea come from oh i don't know right but now you are informed oh all of this intuition all of this information is coming from this state of of wisdom that i am and so uh, so I'll say that again. So now instead of being ignorant uh, to the flow of information for Vigna, Vigna Mayakosha and being at the whim of the body and its fluctuations of desires, you reside in the realm of Vigna Mayakosha. There is now a direct access to wisdom inherent within you that informs you of a greater realm where the energy of the information flows from. And so essentially that, um, greater realm is Ananda Kosha, um, which we're not getting into today. We're going to get into, uh, the next episode. Um, so I know that's a lot to consider. Um, especially if you're new to this, it can kind of just go over your head, but, um, there is a way to apply yourself to lead into an experience of Maya Mayakosha. And you got to remember that it's going to happen in glimpses. Um, you know, there are kind of gatekeepers and there are safeguards so that you don't just kick down the door and suddenly you're into this realm. Um, and the safeguard is there because... Um, it's going to be overwhelming, right? Um, Take for example, if you've started anything new, you started a sport brand new, uh, you started playing an instrument brand new, say for example, you started playing guitar and you just started learning and it's hurting your fingers, um, you're barely learning the chords, you know, you maybe play one or two songs If you were suddenly taken in front of 20,000 people and told to play with this band, you would have an anxiety attack. It'd be so overwhelming that there would be no way for you to um, execute playing a song from a band that is highly complicated and not only that in front of 20,000 people and expected to play it perfectly um there's no way right so just in the same thing if you're brand new to meditating or say if you're somewhat new you know you can meditate 10 to 20 minutes comfortably and you know you you feel good there's no way that you'd be able to go right into the center of video my kosha into its expansi expansiveness and expect to be able to handle that state of awareness and so you have to introduce a practice to build up to it just like if you were you know starting with playing guitar you introduce a practice to get to the point where you can comfortably play in front of people and you know, your first step is like learning covers and then you go to an open mic and you're playing the covers in front of people, you know, maybe you have two or three songs that you really love and you get really good at them. Then the next stage is creating your own music and then you create your own music. You get comfortable at playing it. You playing it at open mics. Then the next stage is like getting a band together and getting the, And then creating music with the band and then you're no longer at open mics. You're starting to play gigs and then you're slowly working your way towards playing in front of more and more people and being able to have the capacity to endure not only playing two or three songs at an open mic, but playing a whole set list of 10 to 12 songs, you know, for an hour and a half, two hours straight. And so it's no, it's no different. Then when you're starting a sadhana and you're starting a a yoga practice and you're building into the capacity of first getting your body limber, then the pranayama and and clearing out your energetic system and then going into meditation and then sitting in meditation for five minutes unperturbed, then 10 minutes and 20 minutes and 30 minutes and 40 minutes then um, there's something that starts to happen, right? So what I have written here is um, we ask a question. What can be done to enter Vigyanamaya Kosha? Um, A regular studio yoga practice won't be enough. Though having a regular asana and pranayama practice is necessary, solitude is needed. And I'm not talking about a 10-minute meditation from an app, this is a deep dive that requires a timeless approach. What I mean by this is when you sit to meditate, there's no timer, there's no limitation, there's no expectation. You are deliberately aware that you are delving into a new realm of experience. At first, the meditation will be difficult. But over time, you will find that a sort of acceleration or quickening is happening to get you into a state of awareness that allows your body and the space around you to integrate and melt into each other. And at first, you'll find that you're meditating for much longer than you ever have. An hour will go by and it will feel like five minutes. The greatest indicator that you will have entered into the realm of Vijnanamaya Kosha is time distortion. And the final stage of knowing that big yana maya kosha is being experienced directly is that time is no longer a function of space. It is the fabric of that realm. You are in time as if you are in space. It becomes three-dimensional. And I think that's really the most complicated part of all this. um, Because... All we know is an experience of three-dimensional space, right? The only time we, we are pulled out of that is in sleep and we're completely unconscious. But this is where this system is allowing you to navigate into that kind of unconscious realm in a conscious way So that you can begin to see and experience what it can be like to be non-physical. Where the sense of being and existing isn't determined by humanity anymore. Your humanity is no longer the... I don't want to say it um, is no longer the the director of that experience. And so then you become very much in, uh, in touch and aware that um, your sense of self is no longer dependent on your humanity and that your humanity is a construct and that you plug into it and we're plugged into it through the process of birth and that we don't have to be at the whim of its inherent nature to experience non-physical only through its cycle of birth and death and that you can unplug from the humanity be in the sense of self that is limitless and timeless and that you can start to navigate around it and the best example that I have and, and I have to do disclaimer here that I don't expect you or I don't recommend you to do this but this is just my own experience and the closest that I've like felt in being unplugged for my humanity and being in a new realm is through DMT and where it's very um, obvious and it's very pertinent That um, as soon as it's consumed, um, there's like a numbing feeling that occurs and you suddenly no longer feel your body and you are immediately put into this very intense psychedelic kaleidoscopic realm of movement. Um, so if you can just imagine looking through a kaleidoscope, but you are in the geometry of that kaleidoscope, and it's all around you, and in the kind of shapes of the geometry are all these different colors and realms of themselves. So you can look at like a sliver of a of a triangle of this moving geometry, and you'll see. Um, a whole scenario and a whole scene of, of, of a different physical reality. And it's constantly moving and changing. Um, but I still think that that experience is um, still very crude to what you can do through um, your own potency of your awareness and consciousness. That there is a exponential and so much more powerful Um, process than doing a psychedelic. And that's why I don't particularly openly recommend it. I mean, you're going to do what you're going to do. You're going to find what you're going to find. I can only tell you my stories and my experiences of these things. Um, And so what I'll lean back into is um, to do the practices, to do the sadhana, do the asana work, do the pranayamas, do the meditations and explore these things in a holistic way. So I'm going to leave it there. There's a lot of information there to digest, um, 45 minutes worth. And um, I'll leave you with this. I've said this in the earlier in the podcast, you know to take all this stuff with a grain of salt um and essentially what that means to me is not to hyper obsess over this stuff that it's some absolute truth um you don't wanna at least I don't take it into um an area like Uh, like a religion right where it becomes dogmatic and um, there's a rigidity you want to remain flexible and that's the nice thing about um, the yoga practice is that it enables flexibility when you're doing this asana practice and you're doing the pranayama over time your body gets flexible well that's not the only thing that gets flexible your mind becomes more flexible um, there's this saying, "Stirum sucum," which means steadiness and softness. You want to have a balance between being steady and firm, but then being open and soft and flexible. And so, when it comes to this information, it's one thing to be inspired by it because there's probably a lot of stuff that is new to you that you're like, holy shit, I didn't know any of this. How does this guy know this stuff? Um, so it's a combination of what I've read, what my teachers have told me, and what I've experienced. And so how you want to navigate this is that you don't want to be obsessed with what you're reading and what your teacher is telling you. And you want to focus more on what your experience is. And though it, it's anecdotal, what I've found with um, navigating my like spiritual purpose or navigating um, uh, this whole world of yoga is that my awareness of m- my spiritual purpose and um, why I'm doing this and the experiences that I'm having is for me to know. So when I look at the psychedelics experiences I've had the meditations I've done um, all my experiences of traveling around the world it leads to the question of like what my what's my purpose? Why am I doing this? You know? Why did I just talk about this stuff for the last 45 minutes. Why am I uploading this stuff into a podcast? Why do I want to educate people on this? So when I look at the intense dreams that I've had, the phenomenal experiences I've had, the psychedelic experiences I've had, um, I don't need to prove any of that. I don't need to come from an obsessive place of explaining these things of like, I've had these experiences and I need to prove it to you. I've already proved it to myself that it's possible. I've already proved it to myself that I can come in contact with different versions of my future self, um, that I can come in contact with deceased um, yoga masters, that I can come in contact with my yoga master in my dreams that um, I can leave my body and I can go into great expansive states of awareness and I don't need to necessarily overtly prove that and the humbling part of that is because I don't need to present myself more than what I already am. Just the fact that we're human is a miracle. Just the fact that we're human is phenomenal. And so the people outside of me, say if it's friends and family and strangers, I don't need to alter my appearance to try and prove that I'm having these experiences because that's not the point of it. The point of it is that it's for me internally to know and to have a memory of and to see that I'm on a trajectory internally, spiritually, of advancing into a new form and that that form won't be displayed through this human and that it's a process of evolution and I could be totally okay with that and surrender into that that there are natural limitations that we don't have any control over you know I'm not gonna appear as a, uh, apparition of some great, um, you know, powerful being, you know, I don't need to do that and I can't do that. And so I'd rather come from a place of just accepting my humanity rather than deluding myself that the experiences that I've had of, you know, having, Babaji, like Mahavatar Babaji coming to me and giving me my name Zorananda, or having other yoga masters coming to me, or Krishna coming to me through dreams and through life experiences in DMT, and then trying to tell people that I'm some sort of um, ascended master. That's not the case. I'd rather be grounded in my humanity and say, I'm just a normal human, just like everybody else. I have my flaws. And the realization that that humility is what is going to allow for greater connection, allow for everyday people, you know, like I work in a stair and railing company, you know, I'm not touting myself as some great master, you know, I have my own karmas and dharmas to fulfill, you know, so I would rather, um, you know, relate to the common people, the plumbers, the electricians, the office workers and you know and be able to express this stuff in a way that's like you can have really powerful meditations and still go work in an office. You can have an amazing ayahuasca experience like I have and go back home and break up with your partner Because you were being an asshole and you didn't know. And things just didn't work out. You know. Because life is going to happen. And we're at the whim of energies. That even though we can get in touch with. Like I was saying. Like this realm of vijana. And have access to this wisdom. We're still. Bound to the contract of. The limitation of this body. And that's okay so thank you for listening I'm really stoked and really happy to be back Um, I have some new music that I released um, particularly a rock song called Favors Um, it's on Spotify and Apple Music Uh, it's up on YouTube as well and a few other places um you can even find all my music in instagram and tiktok and facebook to use for reels um because i have three other studio albums that i i've released but um right now i'm wrapping up my very first rock album that i sing on and um it's been a blast that's what i've spent the last uh almost like 2 years doing and really focusing on in the last year that's why I wasn't really focusing on my podcast um so my yoga main page uh Instagram page that I use is yogi zornunda and my music page is zorananda.music. um and you can find again you can find this podcast anywhere it's streamed uh the podcast um, Instagram page is um, Yoga Connection. So with that, again, thank you for your listening. Check out my website, um, Zorananda.com. I'd recommend going through Amazon to buy my book. Um, I'm in the process of ordering new copies of my books. I had to make some edits, um, so I don't have new copies on me. So I'd recommend go to Amazon. Purchase my book there, Future Life Progression Meeting Your Future Self. Um, goes into step by step meditations, exercises to um, connect to your heart, um, do some internal healing, connect with your future self. And then also um, my working theory on um, endogenous DMT and. Um, you know, experiences with ayahuasca, my experiences with DMT and, um, what I think about all that. So finally, thank you for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy. Leave